What if the speed of light was 30 miles an hour? What if Earth had two suns? Which cereal mascot would win in a what fight? What if everyone lived underground? What if, it rained what if money grew what on if trees? What if pigs could fly? I don't know if that would actually happen. It's much easier to store a unicycle than to store a horse. Hello everybody and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Marcus Lehner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Ben. Guys, we're back to doing one of my favorite kinds of episodes, our random superpower fights. Let me explain how these work. I think it's like the eighth one we've done or so. I think I missed the last one. We had a guest for the last one. That is very sad for you. We'll always have done one more than you, unless we're missing. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I'll miss one of these. I enjoy them. So here's how we do it. There is a beautiful website, fandom. Oh, what's, what's it? Wiki fandom power superpowers? Was it? Powerlisting.fandom.com. Yeah. Powerlisting.fandom.com. Uh, basically, a wiki for all the different superpowers that have ever existed in any form of media, all cr- helpfully placed on a singular website with a random button on it. So what we each do is we each go through and hit random page three times to get three random superpowers for a fighter. Uh, And so we take those random superpowers, we create a persona, a little backstory maybe for our character, and then we square those characters off and discuss who would win in a fight between them. Then we'll kind of go through some different scenarios about like, if they fight, what are the odds of this one beats this one, back and forth, back and forth and kind of develop some odds for victory. And then once we have the percent chance to win for each of our fighters, then we spin the wheel of final determination to decide once and for all who would win in a fight between our three new heroes. And we are playing just for victory and glory. No cash prizes. If you'd like to submit cash prizes to us, you can go do that. I'm not sure exactly the mechanism for that, but you're, you're free to do it as a listener. I will not stop you from giving the winner money. I mean, it's probably our Patreon, which we'll pitch later, and you get all the details yeah. then. and then specify one person to give it to. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Whoever's won the latest fight. <coughs> www.patreon.com slash absurd hypotheticals. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Chris, why don't you go ahead and get us started uh, with your um, fighter? Yeah, so my fighter... Uh, I'm going to start the origin story because I think that's how I usually start it. Molly Mobile was a gamer uh, growing up. She was actually a very big fan of the Sonic game. So she had a Sega Genesis, and the first game she ever played was Sonic the Hedgehog, which came out in 1991. Um, it was her favorite game. And then she played through Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic and Knuckles. Eventually, she got a Dreamcast, and she was playing the Sonic Adventure games, and just like really good games. I like I like these games. She became a diehard fan. Have you been, have you been paid by Sega to be here? <laughs> uh, maybe not. What classic titles like Sonic One, Sonic Two, <laughs> Sonic Three? They, they need some good press after that awful like open world Sonic stuff uh, yeah. trailer they showed. Well, yeah, I'm gonna tread into the not so good. <laughs> so yeah, she liked the Sonic games, the Sonic Adventure games, and then. They hit the GameCube era and they hit a real bad bad streak with like Sonic Heroes and Shadow the Hedgehog where Shadow had a gun for some reason and was like talking to the president and stuff like that. That was weird. Um, (laughs) And then they hit the PS3 era, the Xbox 360 era, 
where they had the infamously bad Sonic 06, which came out. They had the Sonic Unleashed Werewolf game that came out. I know I'm just listing Sonic games, but... Uh, <laughs> yes, for, for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> the Sonic and the Black Knight, also a bad game. Uh, and she was like, what's going on with this franchise that I love so much? Why are all these games bad now? What is going wrong? And she was losing hope in the franchise. She wanted to capture the essence of what she loved about Sonic early in her childhood. And she determined that the essence of Sonic was obviously going fast. So in the midst of this like lull of good Sonic games, she delved into mad science to capture her childhood. And her ultimate goal was to be become like Sonic and to gain his ultra speed. So she concocted a formula. She like worked tirelessly. She, she was, I guess she like skipped school and in her free time, she made this formula and she had no one to test it on. So she was like, uh, this is kind of dangerous. I don't know if I really want to test it on myself. Don't want to test it on like animals or anything. Uh, so she kind of like shelved it for a little bit. She just came up with like a prototype that she never actually tested. And then she just went on with her life and she was like, maybe one day Sonic will return to his glory someday. And then April 4th, 2019 hit, and the release of the first trailer, the Sonic and Sonic the Hedgehog film came out with the Sonic with the teeth. <laughs> um, the tall the tall Sonic that just did not have the right body shape that yeah. they literally stopped production of the movie to fix. With yep, the separated the eyes and everything. Yeah. And this trailer rekindled her desperation, and she... Uh, she returned to her formula, her concoction, and since she didn't have anyone else to test it on, in her desperation, she tested it on herself. And the formula was a huge failure because it did not successfully capture the essence of Sonic. It did not make her fast. Instead, it just made her, it gave her weird movement based powers that were not super speed. And. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, they did fix the Sonic design like five months later and the movie came out and it actually wasn't that bad, but the damage was already done. She had already assumed the persona of Miss Move. So her three powers, the first one is instant momentum. It's described as the user can do movements from standstill without having to build up momentum that they would usually need to perform such movements and still go a far distance. Whether it is moving their body parts or moving from one place to another, they can effectively move at their fullest without having to build up momentum. So basically, you don't have to like accelerate. You just go to whatever your desired speed is instantly. That is weird as heck. Yes. <laughs> it hurts my brain to kind of think of what that would look like. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work with physics. If this was one of our main questions and we had to like actually do math on this, I'd be very upset. Yeah. Her second movement-based power is anti-slowdown, which kind of is like going super fast, but not really. So it's described as the user can speed up instead of slow down when moving in motion, impeding obstacles such as frictional surfaces, loose terrain, slippery terrain, rough terrain, objects cluttered on the ground, thick liquids, heavy gravity, etc. The user can move over these surfaces at a faster rate as if they helped the user instead of impede them. So, like, imagine if there's, like, a sticky substance on the ground that you'd normally get stuck in. Instead of getting stuck in it, she would go faster. So that's kind of like Sonic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
And then the third power is kinetic energy solidification. And this is the user can condense directional energy into solidified into a solidified state. Solidarity levels ranging from loose jelly loose jelly to diamond hardness or beyond. So her kinetic energy is formed into like a physical form, I guess. And I was saying that like the hardness of it depends on how fast she is actually going. So if she's just like walking normally, then she can form these like jelly balls or whatever, <laughs> or jelly weapons. And if she's moving faster, <laughs> right. she can have harder weapons and stronger weapons. So those are her three powers, movement-based, not really Sonic, but kind of Miss Move. Ben, who is your fighter? So my my fighter started out as Enzo Ferreira, a down-on-us-luck journalist trying to you know make his way in the cutthroat world of journalism, I guess. I don't know. Sure. But not not doing all that hot. He's doing some freelance work, but not, you know, barely making up to scrape by and not really, you know, it's, you know, all sorts of like listicle type stuff. That's not really what he was was hoping, the sort of meaty things he was hoping to get into. And then, you know, that's not really working out. He's, he's having tr- financial trouble. He has to take his car into the shop for unexpected repairs and like that bill's hanging over his head and he knows that like between all that, he may not be able to make rent. So he goes to the pawn shop. He had like an old computer he wanted to try to sell. And as he's there in the pawn shop waiting, um, he sees this this very like, you know, magical genie looking lamp on one of the counters. And he just thinks, you know, man, if I could get three wishes, that could, you know, really get me out of this whole jam and sort of idly rubs the lamp. And then all of a sudden, a business card pops out. For Jake the Genie. Oh, I thought you were going to say a Genie comes out. I'm like, wow, Ben, what a twist. No, it's a business card for a Genie named Jake. Jake the Genie. And it just says, I'll grant your wishes and has a phone number. And it's like, you know, that's that's cool. So he, he thinks, well, that's, you know, a funny prank or whatever. That's that's great. He figures he's probably on some, you know, like YouTube prank show or something. So he like laughs and that's, you know, whatever. And he, he takes his money from the computer and walks out and goes to get back on the bus. And he's staring at it. And he's just thinking, I mean, it probably isn't real, but I may as well try. So he takes out his cell phone and he dials the number and he actually gets to a voicemail. And it says, hey, bud, this is Jake the Genie. Can't make it to the phone right now, but please leave a message with your three wishes and I'll give them grand as soon as I can. And he's like, okay, this is probably still a prank, but just in case, let's, you know, let's just throw some of these out there. So... He didn't want to just wish for money or anything. He still wanted to be a journalist. He just wanted to be a, you know, better one. So he said, I want to write explosive, heart-hitting think pieces. And then he's like, okay, so I'm going to be doing some good work, but I had to actually be sure it gets published. So he says, I want my work to be seen as, in as many places as possible. And then he's thinking to himself, he's like, okay, I should do like one thing that's just for fun for myself. <laughs> one thing that doesn't fit with the rest of the backstory I've established. <laughs> Shut up. One thing I've always wanted. And he says, I want my car to be a Ferrari. <laughs> so he gets home, you know, he, he hangs up and he gets home and he goes to sleep. He wakes the next morning and obviously you nothing's know, happened. So it's like, oh, you know, I'm, they're probably going to use that in the YouTube video. I'm going to look like an idiot, but whatever, it's fine. And he goes outside and then all of a sudden he realizes that all around him are like, visions of himself and he's like whoa am i like you know like having a breakdown or something but then the people on the street around him are seeing them too and they're freaking out 
And then this startles him. And as he like gets startled, a jet of ink shoots out of his hand and just like knocks this dude over. And people start getting even more freaked out. And he now he is just, you know, terrified about what's going on. And he says, oh, I got to get out of here. And then all of a sudden he turns into a Ferrari, which is really convenient because it does help him get out of there. But now he's like, okay, clearly something happened with this genie situation that wasn't really what I expected. I, I need to, to call this Jake guy back and see what happened. And he calls him back and he actually gets through him this time. And Jake goes, oh, hey, it's the car guy. How are you liking it? And he goes, what, the car guy, what do you mean? I didn't ask for any of this. And he plays back the message. And so it turned out he'd actually called while he was going through a tunnel. And what Jake heard was, I want explosive hard-hitting ink. I want to be seen as, in as many places as possible. And I want to be a Ferrari. <laughs> so now he fights crime instead. Um, as... He couldn't be a journalist with those powers. His name is Breaking News, but Breaking is spelled without the E, so it's like a car breaking. (laughs) Anyway, it's a really, really stupid joke. So anyway, his powers are Landcraft Mimicry, which is basically just be a car. That's (laughs) literally what it is. I'm saying it's a Ferrari because, I don't know, why not? If you're going to be a car, maybe it'll be a Ferrari. Does he transform into a car or is he just always a car? Uh, so they either are or cr- can transform into land vehicles. So I'm going to say he can transform into it because I feel like that's okay. a more useful ability than just being <laughs> a car. <laughs> Next up, it's very helpful, by the way. All of my powers are very straightforward this time, which I'm really appreciative of. Uh, next power is Ink Blast, which is the ability to release ink on a specific target area. And it's pretty much just spraying ink hard enough for it to hurt someone. Yeah. Like, literally, the description is just, can release ink over a specific target area, causing great damage and or delivering great shockwaves of pure force. So, it is like a concussive ink blast. Ink blast is the name of the power. I didn't mean that as I was saying it. But, yes, that is what it is. I guess that's useful, you know. And then, finally, he has after image creation, which is basically that thing in anime when someone runs really fast. And then there's, like, you can see multiple of them because they move so fast. But it could also be from, like, just illusion magic or something. So he can sort of create, you know, decoy images of himself around him as a distraction slash, I guess, defensive option. So, yes, that is breaking news. Uh, Marcus, what would you do? All right. So our story begins with Agatha Wood. She and her husband are living their best life out in Africa in the Congo. And they're having a pretty good time of it. And they're there for a while uh, until a new job opportunity for a husband arrives all the way in the Big Apple in New York City. Agatha's a bit more accustomed to her, you know, kind of quiet jungle lifestyle and doesn't really want to go. But, you know, the money's there and he wants, you know, it's important to him. And so she decides to ultimately get dragged along with him. And so... There they go. He's out He's out at his work. He's out at his job. He's working the long hours. And barely a few months in, she is just absolutely miserable. This, the city is just too much. Like, the lights, everything like that. Uh, and after night after night of restless nights, Agatha just snaps. She has a bit of a mental break. And her husband comes to find out exactly how accustomed Agatha had become to the jungle. Because unbeknownst to him... She had also secretly been part of a community there of voodoo shamans, learning the ways of the voodoo rituals and becoming attuned with the jungle there. 
and as part of her mental break, she ends up sacrificing both herself and her husband in a voodoo ritual, and she is reborn as, uh, her spirit is reborn as a, a Baba Hikeshi, uh, which she aptly picks up the moniker of Hagatha as she becomes kind of a local haunt. A way of, by way of explanation, uh, the Hikeshi Baba is actually from Japanese folklore. It's a, a Japanese yokai, which is basically their version of demons. That takes the form of a ugly old woman, like kind of like very witchy looking. And their motivation is very simple. They want things to be as miserable and gloomy as possible, which they mostly do by blowing out lights in the paper lanterns in people's homes. So like their whole shtick is that they go and blow out the, the, the lights in the paper lanterns so that it's more gloomy and miserable, which is kind of a very cute thing for a, a demon to do in my head anyway. <laughs> So basically, she's like she's basically that, but she's trying to do that task in New York City, which you know requires a bit more of her, you know, voodoo powers, and it's a bit less of a uh, easy effort to turn out all the lights in the New York City. So that's what that's what she's trying to do with her afterlife. But powers wise, uh, number one is Hikeshi Baba physiology. Basically, she is a Hikeshi Baba. The uh, one one thing about the Hikeshi Baba that is will be relevant is. They try to make it gloomy so that the other demons can kind of come in after the fact. Like, her turning out the lights makes it, like, safe and miserable enough for the more, like, actual nasty demons to come and do their shenanigans. So I think if she's able to effectively make things gloomy and miserable enough, I think other demons would start appearing um, based on that folklore. Her second power is uh, just literally just voodoo. So voodoo are... Basically, powers granted by making a deal with a Loa, which is, like, kind of the equivalent of a angel in voodoo religions. Like, there's thousands of Loa, and you kind of contract with or serve one of them in exchange for, like, their blessings and magic powers and stuff like that. Kind of popular voodoo things are necromancy, like, poisons, healing, uh, voodoo dolls, of course. The one thing with voodoo I'll say for this fight, though, is it's very, like, ritualistic and, like, sacrifice-based, and, like, it's all about setting things up. Like, it, it takes a lot of, it takes prep work to do voodoo. Voodoo is not like, oh, I can just, like, throw a poison cloud out. It's like, okay, I can do some magical things, but I have to do some rituals to, in order to accomplish those you things. You have to, like, collect resources and stuff. Yeah. And then, kind of, in that same line of forced powers, the last one I have is environmental symbiosis. Um, so the host bonds with a particular ecosystem. In this case, I'm kind of figuring foresty things. And you can basically become attuned with those and do some magical stuff with that. Like, uh, the example they use is, like, in Avatar The Last Airbender, they have, like, the swamp people are attuned to the swamp spirits. And then they can, like, cover themselves with, you know, seaweed and, like, you know, move some water around. And, like, they're able to manipulate those environmental forces around you. So what I'm saying for Hagatha is that she's able to, like, manipulate foresty items, and since our battleground um, will be in Central Park, New York City, as it as it usually is, like, there's grass, bushes, and trees are the, are the wildlife, that are the, you know, foresty things there. So she can manipulate those to an extent, like, she could, you know, make some trees, like, you know, swing the branches, or she could, like, I don't know, try and wear a bush, a, a prickly bush. <laughs> <laughs> That that kind of nature manipulation. And that is Hagatha. Okay. So the three fighters are Mismove, Hagatha, and Breaking News. So kind of the way we tend to like to start these is to figure out who would kind of fight first and 
why hmm. Hmm. do either of you have like a motive or anything hagatha is very much like obsessively anti-lights anti-lights okay anti-lights which i guess puts you being a ferrari in in the in the headlights oh. if you will yeah cars do have lights because you don't ju- you, you just move you have you I'm move just a normal and you person gel you moves yeah. weird. <laughs> you move weird and make it jelly yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think a car is like just everything that hagatha hates about the city so let's let's start there that makes sense to me yeah so what is our what is the fight between hagatha and breaking new look like is it breaking new or breaking news breaking, breaking news <laughs> breaking news like 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 the yeah get the idea yeah 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 it yeah breaking new breaking what's funny new. is what's funny is i i'm i didn't catch it when you said it oh i'm just reading the notes here we did have the s on news oh so you're putting so the blame like, on, on like, breaking new and then you're like it's not even odd it's not even like an audible pun i'm like i don't know what is it a pun, pun? Is at all <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't get breaking new at all it's like not even a phrase that means anything is it like breaking bad <laughs> yeah that's what i thought oh i actually leave the s off of news oh that's well anyway <laughs> Yeah, I didn't figure out that just the S wasn't there. Yep, that makes more sense then. Yep, all right. Uh, breaking news and uh, Hagatha. So you're, I can get, I am not, um, I don't think I'm immune to getting run over. It's kind of unclear if the yokai are like ghosty spirits or like physical demon spirits. I'm going to say like more f- like they, she has a physical body. Right. And could, you know. Be hit, get by, hit a by a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. That that would be that would be like the main like a straight up like obviously we want like fifty cuffs you would win but that's not really how this is gonna play out generally. Mm-hmm. The other thing would be like how mobile is a car in Central Park? I was I was thinking about that. I mean there are like paths through Central Park that are paved that are big enough for a car, but we don't have to be on them. No. So so once like I think that I think that basically because he can change into and i guess out of a car i don't know probably the way that you would try to hit someone with a car as someone who could turn into a car is to gun it on one of the paths that's like the most towards them turn off into them and kind of just go in like a controlled slide right on the grass and whatnot and then assuming you miss transition back into being a human to like reposition yourself and so I'm just sort of doing donuts in Central Park. How long does the transformation take? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I imagine like a second or two. Yeah, like an arbitrary style. Yeah, I'd say Transformer style. Transformers war are the like go-to example on the wiki page for this. It's just a big picture of yeah. Optimus Prime, so we'll go with that. Do you become a real car? Or do you become just a flesh a car? Fleshy, no, I'm going to say <laughs> I'm for my own sanity. I'm going to say it's a real car. But my left kidney pops out for my left for my rear right wheel. Yeah, <laughs> my gallbladder inflates into the left one. God. Um. Yeah. No. I think. I think my. I think being able to manipulate like the trees and the bushes and things could definitely mess up the car. Like if I get if I get you like if we fight on rough terrain then I don't see myself really losing too much. But if you are on, if we're like on an open field where I have like, I can, I can tickle your tires with grass before I get hit by you. (laughs) There's that. So like a straight up, like we're there and fighting. So I I will say, cause like the ink blast is apparently not just like spraying ink like an octopus is legitimately a weapon. Apparently the way it's defined. So I do have 
in the rough terrain situation, I can at least like try to take you out with that. It's unclear exactly how strong it is. Well, yeah, I was, I was reading the description. It says delivering great shock waves of pure force. <laughs> yeah. So like it's well, it's funny because they say this, but also the example image is Zoidberg shooting ink into <laughs> the professor's face on Futurama, which doesn't really track with that. <laughs> so that's where I'm not like. <laughs> there's kind of a lot of ways you could go. I feel like I feel like that description is definitely like someone writing in like you know like One Piece or something like some some you know action anime where they write in an octopus character and they're like it shoot he's able to shoot ink at you and it's like to to blind them no to deal like damage because it's an exciting dr- panel I can draw but that really wouldn't hurt it it's just ink it's like okay okay it's really really fast <laughs> I mean yeah that's, I guess the answer but like to your point the second example after Doctor Zoidberg is someone from Naruto so. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um it feel it feels fairly even is there anything is is there a chance how how well known do you think you would be ben um i mean in the backstory the idea is that he just be, does become like a superhero so at least reasonably well known i would i would guess right like so he's like actively fighting crime yeah there's a dude like driving around as a car and then turning out and shooting ink at people who are doing crime like that feels like something people would hear about Cause yeah, cause my cause my my question is, would you would would Hagatha be a villain for you? Like, would Hagatha are you doing two a.m. You know, revving your engine around, taking out bad guys, being the center of what I imagine is lots of noise and light in the evening. Mm. Would would Hagatha have it out for you and be doing voodoo against you? Probably that is actually probably true. Yeah, so she might be prepared for breaking news, which which gives me an edge, but also. Does voodoo work on a car? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Point counterpoint. Does voodoo work on a car? Does I don't know if that's necessarily a an area that's been heavily studied. <laughs> if we Google it. I don't think you're gonna get an answer. Um hmm. Voodoo Ride Luster Restoration Multipurpose Metal Polish does appear to be designed to be used on cars, but that's not really what we're going for. <laughs> Did you Google also exactly does voodoo work on cars? Yes. Well, I worked on. I said work on a car. Voodoo is used for a lot of branding things. It is, which is comp. I mean, otherwise, I'm sure we want to find a good answer on this. <laughs> I, but I, I guess you would be vulnerable. Like if you're inside, you're vulnerable that whole time. So like if we talk about like if there's a pre-fight fight, like I might just be trying to get you before the fight even starts. Right. I'm trying to like look up the Loa and see if any of them involve cars. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those sentences where, as I said, I realized how dumb it was. Um, I'm weirdly, I'm not finding anything. I was actually disappointed because there, there's there's like the typical like um, Haitian voodoo is like the most is like the more popular you know the, the standard one people think about. There's also Louisiana voodoo as like the other option for a voodoo religion. Which just, like, was, you know, organically adopted by people, like, in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is that one. I wanted to use that one, but it was, it's literally known for being inconsistent. So I'm like, well, I can't use this. I mean, if you wanted to use voodoo on him, then you'd have to do it ahead of time, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. So, so there is, there is uh, o, o, Ogun, Ogun, who, um, let's see. He was a warrior and a powerful spirit of metalwork, known as the god of iron. So, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think I would just like 
I think the way it work. I think the way it would work is, I make a voodoo doll of your human form, and then try to voodoo kill you when you're human. Mm, that does make more sense. Yeah, maybe it only works when you're human form. Yeah, so that's an option. So you have half your you have half immunity to voodoo. You could, I mean, technically, if we want to go with it, with the idea that you could maybe affect like metal parts in the car with some sacrifice to Ogun. You could like try to damage car version me, but then you would just what if you're human when I do that thing? Well, <laughs> yeah, same, but I mean, it's, it's like like yeah, yeah, that's a good question. You have, you have resistance. I think you have resistance, but not immunity to voodoo. That's fair. Yeah, because I'm half car on my mother's side, and then then it becomes so. There's there's that beforehand, and then it becomes okay. You're chasing me around Central Park as a car slash person and can i hit you with a bush or a tree before i get hit i i do have the the multiple images thing so it won't necessarily be clear which one you need to stop which does help a little bit you know it turns like a shell game right like if there's three cars driving at you you can only pick you know probably you can't block probably can't block all three so but you could get lucky exactly yeah there is a chance Matt, like whatever, whatever I like want to put in for like I, I keep just ending up at fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I hate doing fifty fifty, but I'm kind of on fifty fifty. What what is? Do you have a lean, Chris? Do you think it would take more than one hit from Ben's car to kill you or to beat you? So I again, but my like I am a demon spirit, but I don't know if that makes me any better against cars. So yeah, the spirit is more. It's like animal sized, right? It's human. It's a, it's an old woman. Oh, okay, so it's human. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds pretty even to me. Because, <laughs> like, you don't... Marcus, you don't really have any, like, terribly offensive, like, offensive attacks. Like, the bushes and stuff slow him down, but it doesn't really hurt him. The only reason, the only way you can hurt him is really through voodoo. Well, I mean, if I get him, like, tangled up in, like, a bush or a tree, like, if I can stop the car and then he's back to being a normal human, I think the bushes and things are, are enough. I guess. And if I immobilize him, I think I can then do voodoo on him. Yeah. Ben, would you use the ink blast at all? Like, do you plan on using that? So, I guess the main way I could see it being used is to try to, like, as as the bushes and whatnot are trying to entangle me to, like, blast them away, right? To, like, clear a path. Because I don't think I like the idea that it's like a, you know, lethal weapon. That seems a little OP in this context. It could also backfire on you and make you like slide around and stuff and harder to hit him. This is true. Yeah, I, I kind of want to give Ben, I want to give Ben a slight, I want to, I don't, I, I don't like giving up percentage points, but between like Voodoo being half effective based on what you are at the time and the chance, like, I think the bigger thing is, is, am I aware of you? Like, there's a chance that I'm antagonist, like a decent chance I'm against, but not a 100% chance that, like, we are enemies. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's very true. I'm going to go 55-45 and then move on. That sounds fair. All right. Let's do... Um, so if Ben beats Hagatha, if uh, Breaking News beats no, Hagatha... No, let's go, let's go to... Are you doing... Let's, go, let's do the main ones. Okay. So let's say it ends up being... Chris, you versus, you versus Ben, you, you square off. Miss Move versus Breaking News. So we both appreciate the the need that we got to go fast. So we got that, you know, in common. <laughs> so you guys end up buddies. We're just buddies, yeah. <laughs> but you have the ability to go faster, easier than me. My ability to go fast 
relies on my environment. Yeah. So I'd have to find something that would normally slow me down to speed up. Or if you like shoot your ink at me, I think it would speed me up. Hmm. So well, that fight looks like basically, again, if we just go to baseline, Ben's trying to run you over. Yeah, I think that's that's how it would go. That feels like how like his opening move would pretty much always be. I think my um my ability to win is completely dependent on if I can go fast enough to make a weapon that's hard enough to like hurt you. Because mm. if I can go super fast and make a weapon out of my kinetic solidification thing, then I could like probably even kill you in your car form. So let's figure out. Let's say that you are not involved in the initial fight, right? And you can just start trying to ramp up speed. How can you get going quickly in Central Park on your own? Well, I mean, I don't need to speed up. I just need to find the right... Because I, like, I have the instant momentum thing, so I don't need to like ramp up. Oh, right. Fair. But I need to find something that can make me go fast enough, I guess. I mean, there's just water. Yeah, I think I would go pretty fast in water. There's water, like, in plenty of places in Central Park... Beyond that, though, there's not too much, like, things to slow you down. Like, it's really just, like, grass and paths. Yeah, I mean, I think I would go slightly faster on the grass than on the path, but not, like, significant enough. Yeah. So most of the time, if I'm just walking normal or, like, jogging or something, I think a walk is the jelly. A jog or a sprint is maybe, like, plastic. (laughs) Or, like, wood or something. Or wood, yeah, maybe. Uh, if I find water, then I think I could kill you in your car form. Does water sl- Hmm. How much does water slow you down in terms of, like, versus just being in, you know... I mean, have you ever tried to run in water? Yeah, but, like, you can do it. But you're, like, way slower. Like, if you're completely submerged in water. I guess so. So how how exactly does your your creation thing work? So you're basically... So... I can basically turn kinetic energy into solid things. And the way I said it and the, the, like the level of solidness varies from jelly to heart, like diamond hardness. And I said, it depends on how fast I'm going. But like, do you just, do you just like make some diamond or whatever? Cause that's kind of where I'm getting caught up on. Like, I mean, I guess like you make a hard thing and then what? <laughs> that's kind of where I'm trying to, I guess I was, yeah, I was, I was thinking I would make like a weapon of some sort. And, like, if I make something hard enough, it'll be harder than your car material. And then I could, like, make a shield or, like, spikes or something, and you'd run into it and die, probably. The other thing, too, is if if Chris swings something, if he swings a metal stick at you. Yeah. There's no momentum. The stick is going infinite miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if he's able... I think think he would have to, like, juke you once, where, like, he is... Like, if he ju- jukes the side of your car and then swings a metal bat at, like, you know, an effectively metal bat at your car, the car is damaged yes. pretty heavily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. So it really still comes down to how much, how is the agility afforded by no acceleration enough to dodge a car coming at you? Which you would also still, once again, have to pick the correct car. <laughs> so I think I'm, she's probably better at dodging the car than uh hagatha is oh absolutely yeah without a doubt i mean how fast can a person move pretty fast i think like the car can only go in one direction it can't like instantly turn so it has to go straight yeah 
so I really only have to move like a pretty small distance. I guess, but it's just once it is like if there's three cars in a row, right? Yeah, there's gonna be like there's gonna be like seven, you know, there's gonna be like seven cars. One of them is the real car coming at you. How many projections do you think you can make? I was I was thinking like. I don't know, two or three. I hadn't, once again didn't want to go like nuts with that one because. Well, how many? How many? Um, how many? What? What kind of engines does a Ferrari have? The V whatever will be how many projections oh you can make. All right, let's say it's what <laughs> like a Ferrari. Let's say it's like a like a I don't know. Uh, that's a V twelve. That's a lot. That seems like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we don't do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> their Ferrari is like a V six. I don't think there are. <laughs> Uh, okay, they're about to have a V6. Okay, so there, there are at least some V6s. Is six too many? I mean, I, I guess six, seems, six seems like the fair number to six me. Six seems okay. Sure. All right, we'll go with that. So again, it's it depends on luck pretty heavily if I dodge it, but I think I'd I'd still do pretty good. Okay, so that's so basically, if you can make it to the water and get yourself a metal stick, it's pretty good. If this if he starts chasing you immediately before you get a metal stick, then it's tougher. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think if I can use the like plastic and jelly to my advantage when I have it. Cause I'll have that instantly. Like does the jelly slow you down? Cause that seems like a bit of a, a combo. Right does the there. jelly slip you up? Oh, I could use the jelly to make myself go faster. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Well, maybe, but also would it just, you know, slippery road car. Hmm. I really like just the statement "slippy road car," <laughs> but also "slippy road car." They're like, "Oh yeah, oh yes, slippy road car." <laughs> wise words, wise words. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I do think the jelly would probably come in handy. All right, so for the scenario that where Ben's chasing you first, I think Ben is favored. Yeah, that seems yeah. fair. Like maybe like seventy thirty. Yeah, and then if it's when we do the scenario that's after our fight, it'll be closer. Okay. And then we have, we'll do the scenario between me and you next, Chris, where we have my foresty, really my foresty powers against your speedy power, your your movement powers, because I don't think I'm going to voodoo. I don't think I have a reason to voodoo you. I mean, you are generically just a human being that will probably use lights and things, but I don't... I think the odds of me picking you out to voodoo. Yeah, I have no like affinity to technology or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think my strategy is still the same. And I think if you try to like slow me down to the vines and things, that just makes me go faster. Right. So really, if, if, if you're going to bolt, for, if you're going to run to the water, so basically if you run to the water and get back, you're good. Yeah. So I, my option, my if, but if you don't make it to the water, I'm in better shape and... I guess the two scenarios where it works out for me are one, I stop you from getting the water to the water in the first place, which will be tough considering things I do that would slow you down, speed you up instead. Right. You have to go for the kill shot instead of slowing me down. But like if you bolt and leave like a hair behind, can I do a voodoo ritual before you get back? Because your max <laughs> speed won't be faster than um, voodoo. What's the, uh, like the area percentage of water in Central Park like? What are the chances I'll be able to get to water before you do that? It looks on the map like maybe about 50-50. Like there's basically like at the at the bottom, at like the mid-span. Oh, no, sorry. It's longer than I thought. Basically at the quarters, there's bodies of water. And then it'll be like four or five city blocks of land. 
Yeah, it looks like at least the just the reservoir itself is an eighth of the park surface, apparently. Okay. How long do you think it would take to do a voodoo ritual? How long does a voodoo ritual take? <laughs> Give me just a step-by-step -step on how to do a voodoo. <laughs> my impression is that they take sort of a long time. That would be my guess, too. Oh, there's a wiki how on how to make a voodoo doll with pictures. Hold on. Uh, oh, okay. So according to, according to wiki how, I literally just cut out a piece of paper for a template, cut out a flat piece of felt in that same shape, and then sew two button eyes to it. I don't, I don't think that's a voodoo <laughs> doll. I don't think that's a voodoo doll. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's on wiki how. I'll share, I'll share the link with you, you two in the chat here. No, I don't, I don't doubt that it's on wiki how. I just doubt that that's a voodoo doll. Also, your uh, link didn't work. What? That's impossible. Oh, that's why. Yeah, you're right. Okay, there are more, there are more steps, actually. I take it back. This, is, this is, is a bit of a process. Well, you mean it's not as easy as sewing buttons onto a piece of felt? <laughs> I mean, it looks like they're doing... No, they're doing two different ones. So you have to make... Basically, you have to make two pieces of felt, sew them together at the, on the perimeter, and then put fluff in it. Okay. There are 11 steps. It's a pretty good amount of sewing. The other question is... Can you bring, can you have prepped voodoo dolls? Like, how do, what do you have to do to make a voodoo doll about a person, right? I always thought they were pretty personalized, but I don't actually know much about it. Yeah, I think, I think, like, a lot of them are like, oh, you need a piece of hair or something from, like, some piece of their, like, of them to go. And it needs to be, like, in the doll or something, or, like, really integrated into the doll. You can't just, like, put it on top of the doll. Yeah, I, I think if, I think if I have, like, ten minutes, I think I can do it. 10 minutes. So can I reach a, a body of water in 10 minutes? I think I can. And get back. And get back. That's, 10 minutes is a long time, especially if I don't have to worry about momentum. So the length of city block is 315 feet in the short direction. So you have like, to do five of those, so 1,500 feet. I've never been to Central Park, but in Boston here, I can walk across the Boston Commons in 10 minutes, I think. And that's walking. So it's about, it, would be, it could be about a quarter mile to to the water so it'd be a half mile mile times yeah i could easily or do like that. six seven minutes right or no min minutes per mile average running speed in a 5k 10 minute miles so you would be yeah you would have yeah if, if, i'd have to be like pre oh i could hide <laughs> you have to find me <laughs> i guess that's true. and i will be i'll be both i'll be both distracted and aided by taking out lights as I'm doing it. I mean, it might not be nighttime, but, like, I'm gonna want dark, gloomy places. You'll be harder to find than the car. Yeah, the car is Yeah, I'm pretty, not gonna say it's yeah, conspicuous. great odds that I can do a whole voodoo ritual before you get back and hit me with a stick. <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> you basically have to avoid... I guess you could use your environmental stuff to help you hide. But I you, could. you wouldn't use it on me, because that would help me. Well, I mean, it, I wouldn't know it would help you until I tried it. Right, that's true. And given how dumbass a power that is, would I figure it out immediately? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to do like twenty five seventy five, or maybe sixty forty. I don't know. What, what are you? What are you feeling, guys? Towards who? Towards you. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I feel 60, like the forty. The hide and do a voodoo ritual is a relatively low success rate plan, in my opinion. <laughs> I'd do even like sixty-five, thirty-five, honestly. Also, what it, like what kind of voodoo rituals are there? Like, what are you gonna try to do to me? 
well, I'll, I'll do the basic, make a voodoo doll of you and then stab you in the heart, and then you can uh, die okay. of a heart attack. Okay. So that's, 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 we're at the point now, that's our, that's our, um, our main fights. Now we'll do the, after, we'll do the, the aftermath. So basically after me and Ben fight, depending on who wins that one, what does that next fight look like? So I think I have much higher odds if I'm fighting second. Yeah. Yeah. That seems fair. Yeah. I'm looking like, cause it like just 90, 10, like if I spent my time fighting a car and you just go to a river <laughs> and make a stick and then come back. Yeah. Yeah. It might be that for both of you, I think. Um, no, I think I think your odds of killing Ben just in a straight up, you have a stick, Ben has a car fight is... Yeah, I guess that's, Ben has a higher chance than you do. Yeah, I would say it's like 80-20 and 90-10. Oh, I was going to say like 50-50. I was, I was leaning like, I think you have 50, a good chance 50. of running him over. Yeah, it's probably still true. I mean, I don't have to come back to Ben. I do have to come back to Marcus because he's going to do the voodoo ritual. Oh, no, I'm saying, I'm saying you're back with a stick. Like Yeah, but I could stay but, but at still the 50, water. 50. I could stay at the water and stay fast. Uh, but if Ben stays away from the water, it's a stalemate. That's true. 60-40? Like, I don't know. It, it feels pretty <laughs> But the longer close he me. waits, the more material I can make. How, yeah, what do I do? Okay, so here's a very important question. If your main plan is to hit someone with a car and they're in water, what does your plan become? Hit him with ink. <laughs> I guess it's hit him with ink. Yeah, I guess I hit him with ink. <laughs> and then you have to come out of the water? I don't really know if that would force me to come out of the water, though. I mean, if we say the ink is at least somewhat damaging. I guess, Like, yeah. eventually you have to come out of the water. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It still feels favored. 60-40 feels like the, the thing for me towards Chris. Yeah, that, that, that seems feels, fair that's Okay. All right. Then we have Ben versus Chris. So if Ben defeats Chris, now it's me versus Ben. I've had time to kind of sit there and and prep, which gives me a high, a decent chance for new voodoo. If you guys have a, if you guys, especially if you guys have an elongated lake standoff, <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like? I feel, I feel more favored. There. It was pretty close, just heads up. I feel favored on this one. Yeah, because you'll have the time, and you also will probably like. There'll be lots of hairs and stuff from our fight. <laughs> that just sounds really funny, but yes. If you're in a car the whole time, voodoo doesn't work as well. Or may not work. It's unclear. I could definitely set up voodoo for your human form. So basically, I guess this was, can I get you to turn into a human for like even a minute? And I think yes. Probably yes. I think I can manipulate, I think I can manipulate terrain to make you have to be a human for a hot minute. Yeah, just in order to like reset myself, basically. Yeah. I'm going to leave 70-30 if no one has objections. Yeah, that seems fair. With the prep time. I think that just helped. The prep time helps a lot. Yeah. Then we got Chris defeats Ben, and then it's me versus Chris. Chris has his stuff already. Yeah, I have my stuff already, but you do have the time. You have the same time advantage. I do have the time advantage, and you are human. Like, you can basically just lay and wait until he finishes defeating me, and then, you know, voodoo him. (laughs) Yeah, it depends on how long our fight takes. Yeah, is there a version of the fight that doesn't take long that you win, Chris? Um, maybe not, because I do have to reach the water. Like if Ben slips on your on your goo and just hits a tree? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's possible. Yeah, I mean, in, in all the cases where I go to the water, we'd just be in that stalemate for a little bit, I think. So I'd be waiting. And I'd be inking, inking about things. So is this a flip? Is this like I'm favored now on this one? Maybe. It, that, that's what it sounds like, I think. Not super heavy, because if I don't get any, I don't know if I need voodoo materials, and I don't know if you'd drop them. 
Or, you know, if your fight takes five minutes, it still might not be enough time to, to follow the WikiHow article. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need to collect the voodoo material. In the case where I'm trying to get to the water, I guess it's the same thing. Because I would still maybe drop material while I'm getting to the water. Yeah, six, I got 60-40 here. Okay. All right, then we have, if I defeat Chris um, by hiding and voodooing him before he gets back... By that time, Ben will probably have found me. Probably. I I would imagine so. I have a hard time thinking that Ben will be the second part of the fight. I think Ben will like almost always be the first part of the fight. I, I also agree with that, yeah. I just I think the <laughs> odds of, yeah. Yeah, I have, I, have it as, I have it as 60% of the time me and, ben, me and you fight first, Ben, and 30% of the time Ben and Chris... Uh, oops. Yeah, 30% of the time you attack Chris first, and then 10% of the time you're not. That yeah, sounds good, one. yeah. So all these all the odds in this category are like not super uh what should we call it impactful. Mm-hmm. That said, I don't like my odds here. If I'm like seventy five twenty five right now for Ben, because if you just you know if I if I spend my time making voodoo doll Chris and then you show up, I'm kind of you know pants down. Oops. Yeah. I still have I guess I still have like my my trees and things to to try and to take out the car. But it'll be tricky. I'll be 75-25. We only got one category left, and I think we're running over on time right now. Oh, yeah. All right, Chris. This last one is Chris beats me. So it's Chris Ben. Now Chris has his setup. He has his... He makes it to the water. He's back. He hits me. And now it's you versus the car. So how favored did we say Chris was? I don't remember. Oh, actually, it was 60-40 for you, Chris, if you had if you had your stuff. Because it's the same scenario. That, you know, it's you and Ben standing off, and the only difference is that you've hit me with a stick instead of Ben hitting me with his car. <laughs> <laughs> right. That sounds, yeah. So it'll be the same percentage. All right. I have the odds for you, Chris. Are you ready to set up the wheel determination? I am. The, fi- the wheel final determination, excuse me. All right. With the lowest odds of winning at 23.7% is Hagatha. That's not, not shocking, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Next up, with odds of 24.7%, is, drumroll, breaking news. Ooh. And then the last slice of that pie, 51.6% for Miss Move. Turns out getting a stick and hitting someone very hard with it <laughs> is a good strategy. <laughs> um, and I think this comes down to the most likely thing is that me and Ben waste each other's times first, and then you come prepared with said stick to beat us up. Yeah. But those are the odds, but it's not decided yet. It's not decided yet. Are you ready to spin it, Chris? I am. But first, I'm going to share my screen. Can you guys see it? I can see it. I can see it. Okay, here we go. Here's Hagatha, breaking news, and then Miss Move. Here we go. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. This thing takes so long to spin. Miss move. Shocking no one. Shocking. Okay, how does this go down? So Miss Move arrives at Central Park and she notices a car. She doesn't think anything of it, but she also notices a weird looking person that is as a doll and stuff. And then the car multiplies, and it uh, tries to run over the person. He's like, oh, that's not good. And the person, who is Hagatha, uh, 
dodges a couple of them, but then gets hit pretty much immediately. But within this time, Miss Move has already started to move to the water because she realized that this car is going to be a threat. This car is aggressive for some reason. And she moves to the water. She gets to the water, starts making her material. And by this point, breaking news has surrounded the water and watches from a distance as Miss Move creates her her diamond strength weapons and stuff. And there's like a standoff. And Miss Move continues to make the material. And then eventually, Breaking News decides to squirt some ink into the water. Maybe this will get her out of the water. And it does, because for some reason, I don't like that. (laughs) 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 But it doesn't matter, because I've already made a lot of weapons that are diamond strength. And with my diamond strength and sonic speed through the water, I hit breaking news out of the park, literally out of Central Park, and end up victorious. There you have it. There we of, have it. of the three beloved heroes slash villains slash cars, Miss Move reigns supreme. <laughs> And with that, uh, we can move on to our Would You Rather question. All right, Ben, are you ready for a Would You Rather? Yes. Would you rather dress up like Santa and scare kids at Christmas or dress up like Cupid and terrorize couples on Valentine's Day? Do you have to be villainous? Okay, (laughs) so both of these, okay, you're like, okay. Why are we I, being malicious as these things? That was you got to pick one. Well, so would you rather? You, it is. We do have to choose one of these to do. That is the rules of the okay. game. You you adopt a dog, and the dog is being held hostage until you do one of these <laughs> things. But I love my dog. I know that's why you're doing one of these things. That's why you're dressing up as Santa or Cupid. Man, this is the worst John Wick reboot possible. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to play a game? <laughs> That's not John Wick. <laughs> yeah, but I know it's, that's it's the, the person holding the dog hostage, which is the guy from, from uh, the Saw, the Saw movie. Jigsaw. Oh, is his okay. name, I think. I mean, I guess like my instinct is to scare the couples on Valentine's Day because the other one involves scaring children. kids, and that feels mean. Yeah, I'm also on that wavelength. Like, is there an argument for scaring the children? <laughs> There's uh, the question is like. If you get caught out doing this by, like, the police, which one of these is a bigger crime? Definitely the children. (laughs) 100% the children is worse if you get caught. But is spooking children worse than, like... If you're terrorizing people on, like... Does that that go into, like, sexual assault territory if you're you're terrorizing people dressed up as Cupid? I mean, I guess it depends on how you're terrorizing them. Just dressing up as Cupid and, like, standing there and scaring them, that's not sexual assault. Cupid is basically just wearing a diaper, right? Is that is that the whole outfit? Um, I mean, he's still covered, though. Yeah, you're covered. Like, he might be asked to leave some places, but it's going to happen anyway. What with the whole terrorizing thing. Could you scare the children, but subtly, so that the parents don't catch on and they just think their kids are, haha, spooked by Santa Claus? And like, Santa Claus isn't real. You just set up a fake, like, mall Santa thing, and you just, like, whisper creepy things in their ear when they're standing in your lap? That sounds... Yeah, you know what? that. I said that? <laughs> that honestly sounds worse. <laughs> now that I put it that way, 
honestly sounds yeah, worse. I don't really see a scenario where I'd pick the Santa Claus thing. I guess it, what, what qual- like can you qualify it as scared? Like like not like you know horrified, just like scared. Like it's easy to scare <laughs> kids in a non horrible way. Just like boo. Yeah, like, I'm going to chase you or, you know. Just, like, yeah, like, like startling you... kids by jumping around the corner of Santa Claus. Like, they would technically yeah, be scared maybe that's for it. a maybe second go around before... and startle kids. No, that sounds kind of fun when you put it that way. <laughs> you just, like, lurk around a corner and jump out at kids and go, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Hold on, where are you going? <laughs> uh, I mean, you could that counts, right? Does that count? Is that the loophole? Like, if that counts, that's not bad. Yeah, because they're scared, but then they're happy because you're Santa Claus. Because terrorizing couples it involves, like, actually... If you're going to make an adult upset, it, you have to do something yeah. actually upsetting. There's some I stuff going on. The downside to the Valentine's Day thing is they're adults, so they could fight back. They could they also fight back. Something. Yeah, you could definitely get hit by a dude who doesn't appreciate you interrupting his date. They're also more likely to call the police than the children. Well, I'm assuming it's not just like random <laughs> children around. Their parents are probably there. <laughs> I mean, you can look for the children that are isolated. Nope, like see, nope, idea. you say that, and once again, <laughs> yeah. it sounds worse, Marcus. <laughs> it does sound so bad. Oh, man. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to exploit my Santa. No, nope. my... let's not use the word exploit <laughs> anywhere in this answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to non-aggressively, in the, in the lightest way possible, Induce the smallest amount of fear possible in children. By startling them by jumping around like a large present that's been put in the hallway of a mall to spook Yeah, I pop them. out of a big present. Yeah, as Santa Claus. I will also <laughs> be using this loophole. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I don't want to tread anywhere closer to that. I'm going to terrorize couples on Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay. You're just going to just gonna take the risk. Yeah. And there you uh there you uh have it, guys. Um really feels weird to segue that into asking for money, but hey if you don't want us to jump out of boxes and, and uh startle your children. Yeah. If you give us enough money we can stop our side business. Go to uh to go to go to Patreon, uh slash absurd hypotheticals, become a patron, support the show. It's a dollar a month, you get the bonus content, it's every month up there, it's cool, it's awesome, it's great. Leave reviews, tell your friends, send us questions via email, absurdhypotheticals at gmail.com, or in the YouTube comments if you're on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell. You guys know the whole spiel based on literally every other piece of media content that you consume on platforms like this. But that's what we got. That's the show for today. Uh, You can join us next week where we answer the following question. What if there was an overnight ice age? (laughs) 